Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Welcome back to the Motorhome Matt podcast. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Motorhome Matt. He's the expert. I'm not. (laughs) It's brought to you with thatleisureshop.com. And in the news today... We're still looking for sponsors for the podcast and we want you and your business on this podcast from next week. Can it be done there, Matt? Of course it can be done. Yeah, we're talking to lots of people about getting involved. It's fantastic. Maybe you want to sponsor us up to Christmas. So we're already planning ahead. It's not far away. There it is. I said the C word. All the uh, records in the record business are recorded in July and August for Christmas. That's true. There's the famous story of Wizard recording, I wish it could be Christmas every day, in a heat wave in the the heart of London by uh, Marble Arch. And they decorated the whole studio with decorations and all the rest of it and Christmassy things. But it was 98 degrees outside. Wow. (laughs) I bet you were there, weren't you? No. (laughs) I bet you wanted to be there. Yeah, I did. It would have been quite good, wouldn't it? I used to like Wizard. Roy Wood, he's a ledge. He is a ledge. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so if you uh, want to be a sponsor of the podcast, get your product, your business uh, on these airwaves, what can people do? You can go to our website, motohomemat.co.uk forward slash sponsor, and there is a load of information on the packages we've got available and a video of me talking to you, telling you a little bit more about podcasts, specifically this podcast, and how you can get involved. ThatLeisureShop.com is our uh, main sponsor. They stand behind us. They stand by us. They're <laughs> such heroes and heroines. Uh, let's have a look at one of your favourite products. A bestseller this week in travel books. Yeah, this week has been Martin Dory's Campervan Bible. It's a fantastic book. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Beautifully illustrated, lots of photographs, brilliant content. If you're thinking of a campervan adventure, converting one, heading off in one, it's definitely the ultimate coffee table book. Martin is a great friend of the podcast. It's a beautiful book. Definitely go and check that out. Our other bestseller this week has been Treasured Islands by Peter Noldrit. It's a beautiful book of islands that you can explore. I think it's 200 islands around the UK uh, that you can go and explore and discover. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. And remember, there's nothing better uh, than uh, motorhoming, caravanning or camping apart from reading about it. (laughs) I'd rather go and do it. I know you would, but... Can I go now? It comes a close second. (laughs) I got the keys in my pocket ready to go. Oh, fantastic. And this week, make sure if you're going to the Norfolk Motorhome Show, you come and say hi because we're there with the shop. That leisure shop have got their own stand at the show and we will have a range of outdoor furniture kayaks and paddle boards from Seago to come and look at. So we'll see you there. Uh, today's uh, main part of the podcast is about van life, motorhomes for work, and featuring as well uh, Alice Roberts, who's off the telly. She is, BBC Two, off the telly. Off the telly. <laughs> Digging for Britain is what she's famous for. She also had a little starring role in The Detectorists. Did you watch that? No. It was a beautiful piece of telly. Really entertaining. We thoroughly enjoyed the series. I commend it to you. And Alice appears uh, as a little cameo role at the end. It's very funny. She's a archaeologist. She is a famous archaeologist and professor uh, and TV presenter. And Digging for Britain are filming Series 11, I think it is. It's going out on BBC Two. So, yeah, we'll hear from her in a minute. 
Fantastic. And now with the increase in van life, there's a huge increase in people working in their motorhomes, not just uh, living. I suppose when you think about it, whether it's at home or you're taking your van out and living in it permanently, what a great idea. Yeah, you, so you, you why not? You can be connected and work from your motorhome. Why not? I work from ours all the time. So due to go off for a walk and I'll stay back and work. <laughs> That's generally how it works. And then I'll say, I'll meet you at four o'clock at that pub. Uh, and she'll go off with the dog and I'll see her there for a drink later on. Uh, but we work in our motorhome all the time. I'm always taking my laptop with me, sadly, as a small business owner. I often get no choice. But there are some challenges with working in a motorhome. We'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts. If you work in your motorhome, do you live in your motorhome or your camper van? We would love your thoughts on this. What challenges do you face? We're trying to build up some future content on this theme because it's increasing number of people are choosing to live in a van uh, and work in a van, maybe both. So let us know your thoughts. Number one, I suppose you've got to be connected, haven't you? Yeah, you need to get on the internet. Uh, Lots of ways that you can do that. Mobile routers, you can obviously tether off your iPhone, but there's an increasing number of 4G and 5G aerials that you can tether to. And we are going to do a whole episode on this uh, in the future. So stay tuned for that. But what do you use to get on the internet? That's a really key factor uh, in terms of getting connectivity, particularly if you're uploading lots of video you're going to need a pretty hefty connection to the world and i suppose if you're loading up your uh, van with things for working in then security becomes an issue because you've got thousands of pounds worth of computers around (laughs) well you could do yeah so making sure it's all insured so on this point of insurance making sure your contents are all insured in a previous episode with caravan guard they made a really good tip keep the receipts for stuff that you've bought that goes in your camper van. So even if you're not living in it, you've got tables, chairs, you know, all the stuff that you use in it. Keep the receipts because it is covered under many insurance policies. If you're living in the van full time, it's really important you tell your insurer. I was talking to one just last week and we were arranging some content with them and they quoted a story that they were unable to pay out an insurance claim for a vehicle that had been stolen, a camper van, the person, the occupant, was living in it full time. It's therefore not insured because they were not aware of that. Really? Uh, you hire out lots of motorhomes, don't you, for TV and film productions. Uh, the Outlaws is uh, one of them. Christopher Walken was just talking to you last week, wasn't he? <laughs> it wasn't last week. <laughs> yeah, Christopher wasn't in one of our motorhomes, actually. He was given a big luxury American was uh, he? RV. Yeah, well, oh, he didn't tell me about that. He's posh, isn't he? He's Hollywood. He is Hollywood, yeah. but Stephen Merchant was in one, uh, and he used it as his office every day on set. Uh, he was using it as his private toilet and his workstation and the motorhome we were giving him was very tall because he is and he was using it as a place for meetings and it had two tables in it great big tables uh, and he could use his laptop and and plan the script and plan the day shooting and every day he was working from a motorhome on set and they were on location at various places throughout the city of Bristol day and night so it was a really useful resource for him. That sounds good. When you say he was using it as a toilet, he was using the toilet in the car- in the motorhome. Caravan. <laughs> he was. Was it a motorhome yeah. or caravan? It was a motorhome. Was a and motorhome. yes, he was using the toilet. Did he go driving in it at all? I think probably getting him insured to drive it probably now would be tricky. Yeah, I think you're probably. Uh, right. I saw a friend of mine on the weekend. They've just bought a camper van, brand new. It's beautiful, a globe car. And Simon won't mind me telling this story. He's a TV producer. Told the insurance company he's a TV producer. Could he get insurance? No chance. Of course he can't. You always put manager. Always put manager. <laughs> uh, it's a real challenge for him, bless him. <laughs> I think he's managed to get around it now. But yeah, he was one of the producers on Blue Planet and BBC Natural History and couldn't get insured. 
You also hired out, didn't you, for uh, Poldark, the TV series, a special 17th century motorhomes. <laughs> yeah, they were modern. Half-timbered. Half <laughs> <laughs> Coal-powered. Yeah. yeah. No, we did. We had them on the set. Uh, Poldark was filmed, uh, a lot of it on location, oddly not in Cornwall, where it's allegedly set. An amazing amount of it was based in South Wales and in the Cotswolds. Uh, and so we were driving them into the middle of nowhere, into a field, and they were being sat in by the cast. And yes, Aidan Turner did sit in some of our motorhomes and lots of our customers, that they just want to know, which one did he use? Can I use the same toilet as Aidan Turner? <laughs> <laughs> you have cleaned it though, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've got his cufflink, actually. He dropped it inside. Really? Yeah, so I've got an Aidan Turner cufflink. So you were down to your elbow, down... Only one. <laughs> Our guest interview this week is with Alice Roberts. She's a biological anthropologist, TV presenter, and author. You might best know her for digging for Britain. She's the archaeologist with the uh, uh, dyed red hair. She won't mind me saying that, will she? It is dyed, isn't it? Yeah. She yeah. always has funky hair. Yeah, funky hair. I've she always does. got funky hair. She's a, she's a funky lady. Funky hair. <laughs> she's lovely and very funky. Yeah, she's got brightly coloured hair. And Alice is out currently in one of our motorhomes on location at various sites throughout the UK over the next few weeks. I think they're filming series 11 right now. And I spoke to her in a back garden just before she set off. Today's the day that I set off on my travels again. So it's really exciting. Really excited to be going off in a motorhome too. I mean, this is, it is great travelling all around the country. I get to drop in on fascinating archaeological sites. And I think Digging for Britain is probably the only series that the BBC commissions without knowing what's going to be in it. And that's the excitement of it for me, is that we go off each year not knowing what the archaeologists are going to find. And even now, we've got an idea where we're going. We know what people are finding. They're obviously talking to us about their sites and their discoveries. But there will be things that emerge over the next few months that we don't anticipate. It's absolutely brilliant. So how long are you spending filming this series then? It's actually already started. So I did one day back in January... And some of the teams have been out filming at various archaeological sites over the last couple of months. I spend most of June, July, I have a bit of a break in August, and then I'm back on it in September. So it's a, it's a big chunk of the year for me. Yeah. And when will this new series be out? Probably the same time of year that the other series have been. So we've moved back onto BBC Two, which is a great joy. It means I know it's brilliant. It means we can go to more sites, means we can do more programmes. And for the last two years, it's been early January, so I imagine it will be the same, 2024. And what is the best thing for you about using a motorhome for doing these uh, shoots and travelling the country? Do you know, it's absolutely brilliant. I've had a camper van for a while. I've got I've, my own camper van is a T5 California, uh, which I still use to go all over the place. I'll be heading off to Glastonbury in a couple of weeks' time to do the Free University of Glastonbury, speaking in a teepee at the back of the park. Cool. And I'll be taking my own camper van. But... Having the motorhome means that I'm a bit more independent. Mm. It's got a shower, it's got a loo, so I can go off-grid a bit. I'll be staying on campsites a lot of the time, but I can also stay on some of the archaeological sites as well, which is absolutely brilliant. So the year before last, I stayed overnight at Silchester, which is this fantastic Roman site. Um, and I was there with the site supervisors and you know just carried on chatting about the, the site into the night. I mean, I started using 
uh, motorhome home to do digging for Britain in 2021 mm-hmm. when we still had some COVID restrictions. I guess it was COVID that it kind of COVID. sparked. Yeah, absolutely. Hotels were open and the rest of my crew stayed in hotels that year. But obviously, if one of them gets COVID, they can get somebody, they can get a replacement in. If I go down with COVID, mm. that's it, the filming stops. So I had to keep myself quite safe and quite separate. And actually, I didn't get COVID until I had it in the March of 21, but I didn't get covid again that year so i think it was it was a really kind of safe way of filming and actually doing it for that reason just kind of opened my eyes to the idea that it's a great way of doing it anyway it's yeah. it's fantastic i love the whole kind of um, life in a van it suits me down to the ground it's like little things like this which are actually really important i can keep my filming wardrobe nice and smart this morning i've just been ironing all my tops i have multiple versions of the same top <laughs> Um, everybody always goes do you not have any more clothes and it's like I've got lots of clothes but they're all the same which is brilliant for continuity I'll iron them all this morning put them into the wardrobe I have a wardrobe in the motorhome uh, and then that's that and I don't need to worry for the rest of the week if I was in and out of hotels I'd probably be having to iron things every morning in a hotel room in a you know living out of a suitcase it's just it it just doesn't work so well and I do I do just like being independent and yeah traveling around the country it's great have you got the leather jacket this time I have got a leather jacket, but I've got a new one as well. So I've got a a wax jacket as well, kind of a motorbike style jacket uh, in a teal colour. So I thought I might do something posh, a a teal colour. I would afford to that. Go with your hair. Yeah. Well, one of the things flash with my hair, possibly, but yeah. Might yeah. do. One of the things we love about watching it is when the cameraman zooms out on a drone. Yeah. And we stare at the screen, looking for the motorhome at the side of the dig. Oh, there it is—the little white box. Yeah, we can yeah, see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess that's one of the best things, the freedom to, as you say, drive to the dig and yeah. be on site with everything you need, isn't it? Oh, it's just, it's fantastic. I like being able to cook myself healthy meals as well. I think sometimes when you stay in hotels, there's always a temptation to eat out in a big way every night. To be in my mate's home and to make myself you know, healthy food, nice salads, that kind of thing, it's lovely. I do that with lunch as well. You know, it's just nice to be able to go make myself a nice salad wrap or something at lunch. So this week, can you tell us where you're going? We are heading off to Carlisle, first of all, to go and look at a Roman site. And then I think I'm in York and Cambridge, so I'm going to be doing some miles. Yeah, you are. And then same again next week. Next week, I'm down on Salisbury Plain with my very good friend, Richard Osgood, MAD archaeologist. And he's looking at a really extraordinary site where there's a medieval village but there's also a much later village as well which was cleared i think um for the mod so uh, there's a story of two deserted villages in one place separated by some 500 years wow well have safe travels and we really look forward to seeing the series when it's out thank you very much have a great time thank you i'm excited yeah off i go that's the lovely alice roberts and she was lovely to you did you get any free food or drink <laughs> no, I didn't. We were only there for 10 minutes. I literally dropped the motorhome off and said, can I shove a mic in your face? I've only got one question. And bless her, we sat down on our outdoor furniture and had a proper chat. It was lovely. And you've provided the motorhomes, as you said earlier, for a filming of uh, digging for Britain. Uh, is it particularly dirty inside where she's got muddy shoes? That's a very good question. Oh. It's not, actually. No, she's very good. Yeah. I suppose there's a bit of mud, but it's her home, isn't it, when she's away? So she keeps it clean and tidy. Okay, let's return to some of the challenges. I mentioned them earlier on about being connected and such like. So you've got your motor home. You're thinking of spending more and more time in it. It would be nice to get away for a week, two, maybe a month. I don't know. Maybe I want to live in it. Uh, What what do I need to do in order to make me a proper van lifer? (laughs) Are you going to become a van lifer? No. No, I'm not surprised. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, well, one of the first things to do, I talked about it earlier, is your insurance company. They need to know. They will have a time limit on how long they are prepared to insure you in that motorhome travelling. So if you're going to go for a few months, then tell them, and I'm sure they're going to have an ability to insure you for that. If you're going abroad, they will definitely have a time limit on how long they'll insure you out of the country. Aside of the 90-day limit, that rule that limits us to travelling 90 days on the continent, your insurance company will have the same. So really important, if you're living in it full-time, you tell them. There is a possibility they can't insure you under those terms, or they will increase your premium. Be prepared and be warned. But be informed, that's the key. Tell them the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth because you never know if it comes to making a claim and you haven't been truthful, they just won't pay out on it. Exactly, as I said earlier, yeah, yeah. It's, that's the risk. They're insuring your risk is what yeah. they're insuring. You're insuring your belongings, but they're insuring the risk to those belongings. So you have to be truthful. Now, not having a fixed address is an issue, isn't it? Yeah, it is an issue. You are potentially not on the electoral roll. This can affect your credit score. Uh, so having a fixed abode is really key. Uh, if you don't have a house, you don't own any bricks and mortar, then ask a family member or a friend if you can register yourself at their address and get on the electoral roll at their address. Make sure your banks are aware of this address and they will communicate with you and make sure your driving licence is registered to that address as well. If you ever need to present ID for anything, it's really important that the addresses match. So people forget to tell the DVLA that they've moved house and it means technically you haven't got a driving licence. You certainly haven't got a driving licence that you can use as proof of ID. Yeah, the driving licence, by the way, always belongs to the DVLA. They licence you to drive and they can get the police uh, to take it off you any time they, they, they want. So, you know, those addresses and things are very important. I've mentioned a couple of times these Wi-Fi connections, but if you're not connected these days, you're not part of the human race, are you? <laughs> it really well, really, no, that's yeah. not true. You can't email. You know, your reference for things uh, like googling, and let's face it, lots of people shop. They pay their bills. They do it all online. Y you know, you don't need cash anymore. So Wi-Fi connectivity, and if you're going to be living in your van, uh, you need to be part of the real world, don't you? Yeah, you do for certain things, certainly. And my 15-year-old recently used up all his data on his phone four days ahead of the renewal date. He came out in a rash. It's like he'd lost an arm. <laughs> Dad, help! And we, of course, had to buy him some more data, which he needs to buy bus tickets. So I had to, but I was very tempted to say, well, tough. You've got your allocation, however many meg it is. Make it last, but he needed to have some more. But I have to say, there is something very liberating about not having any connectivity. I love going to, in fact, Jude will choose a holiday destination for us where there isn't any connectivity I don't know if it's punishment <laughs> for me, I don't know. But actually, so long as I know, that's fine. And we will go on holiday where we need connectivity because we do need to keep in touch with work and, and stuff that's going on. But actually taking a proper break where you can disconnect in every sense and just connect with nature without any interruption is really, really important. I refer to the Enjoyment report. You remember the Camping and Caravaning Club released the report. We were both there when they did so. And the science behind the mental health benefits of getting out into nature, a motorhome, of course, a camper van is a great way to do it. But the mental health benefits have been scientifically proven by two universities that it is really, really good for you. So as soon as you can do it, I would commend it to you. 
Where to park? That's a big one. We've covered this, haven't we? Uh, in, in the past, there was uh, the the, van, uh, the uh, lorry park in Exmouth, which van life has started to use, and they were slung out. We've had the problems in Bristol on the Downs. Van life is uh, being asked to move on uh, by the council. We talked to Darren as well, a YouTuber, about where he parks. He gave us some good advice, but it's an issue. Yeah, it certainly is. And it's finding somewhere to park where you feel safe, you're not impacting anybody else, uh, and you're legally parked. Ultimately, your vehicle has to be taxed, MOT'd and insured, and then you can technically park on any road. But I would go and check out our trespass episode where we talk about this, the fact that all land is owned and you might need permission to be there. So be very mindful of where you are parking. We've got a younger generation growing up. They want to be freer. Van lifing appeals to a, a lot of them. Uh, you've been talking about this, haven't you? The whole topic with the number of van life festival organisers. We have, yeah. We're really excited to be pulling together an episode on van life as a topic. So it's become a bit of a movement. And there's all these van life festivals, a couple have run already this year. Uh, and there's more coming over the coming weeks. And I just thought, well, this is a new trend. Is it just a fad? Is it a an event that is just being jumped on, an audience that are being capitalised. We're even seeing some big corporate event organisers like Warners who launched Campervan Campout, which was very much a van life targeted audience. Uh, And so we're pulling together a number of the organisers, a couple of them are friends of mine, and we're having a chat with them about what is involved in organising a van life event. And actually, who are they for? You could have the motorhome mat van life event, couldn't you? <laughs> That'd be rubbish. Sponsored by you. But is it for me? That's the question I've got. Are they for people that own a van with a chimney they've installed themselves and a double mattress thrown in the back, you know, that really, really basic van conversion? Or are they for the more corporate motorhome, 150 grand, that kind of consumer? Who are they for? Who goes to these things? We'd really like to hear from you on this one. So if you can get in touch, that would be great. We can maybe answer uh, some questions or perhaps you can answer a question or two, not just Motorhome Matt. How do people get in touch on this one then, Matt? Yeah, you can do it. Motorhomematcouk forward slash ask Matt. Hit the orange button and record your question. Please tell us where you are in the country. And if you're living in your van and you're prepared to, tell us where you go and where you park up in your van. We would love to know. We absolutely would. It's the Motorhome Matt podcast with me, Keith Gooden. And me, Motorhome Matt. Brought to you with thatleisureshop.com. It's one of my favourite parts of the whole shebang. You love this bit, I do. The Q&A, the questions and answers from our listeners, our lovely, loyal, fantastic listeners. That means you. Uh, Karen's in Sunderland. How likely, she says, is it that the motorhome industry will meet the 2030 or 35 deadline for no more petrol or diesel vehicles being sold in that a three and a half ton motorhome EV may have sufficient power to travel acceptable distances? And will the UK have sufficient recharging infrastructure for all, she underlines, all anticipated EVs on the roads by then? Matt. Well, we're back to it again. (laughs) The future of electric motorhomes. We have talked about this a lot, Karen, on previous episodes. And maybe it's one you've listened to that sparked the question. I would definitely suggest going back and listening to them. Listen to the one with Graham Cooper as well. There are two episodes with Graham where we talk about this deadline and the infrastructure that is going to be needed that doesn't exist yet. That's the key. And the other episode to check out is the future of electric motorhomes where we talk about the 2030 deadline where all new vehicles must be 
be hybrid. And then the 2035 deadline, which is now law, that all new vehicles must be zero emissions. So it's a big change coming. Uh, I would definitely go and check out those episodes. Adrian and Nottingham's been in touch. Hi, Matt. I've got a 2022 Death Left's Globetrotter A-Class on a Fiat base. Since day one, there have been a couple of issues with the Fiat. I bought the vehicle new, but as the supplying dealer is 150 miles away, I've taken it to my local Fiat professional garage twice, and they've been unable to fix it, now wanted in for several days for investigation. I've refused because they're a commercial enterprise, and I'm not prepared to leave it in a lorry graveyard for more than a day, let alone a week. Bit harsh there, Adrian, surely. I've spoken to Fiat, and both the other nearest recommendations from them were unable to take on new customers. Would I be better off paying for an auto electrician to take a look and go about trying to recover something from Fiat or take a pilgrimage back to the supplying dealer and leave it with them? Wow. Okay. So, firstly, lovely choice of motorhome, and Deathlefts, of course, have. While they have a UK network of dealers, they are not on every street corner. So you are going to have to travel to get to a death left dealer. That is something actually coming up to the October show where motorhomes are for sale on various stands. Make sure you ask the dealer, where are you based? Which is your dealership business and where in the country is it? Because if you live in Cornwall, you could be buying a, a motorhome from someone based in Scotland. Well, that's where you're going to collect it and probably where you're taking it if there's a problem. So definitely top tip for going to a show, which I know we've covered before. Uh, but maybe that's been Adrian's experience and why he's in this position. I know what you mean, though, about the van lorry graveyard. A death left globetrotter a-class is not a small motorhome but in one of those environments it is scary how small it feels these articulated lorries and there's all sorts of machinery that drives up and down the roads based in there for a service or repair they are huge and our motorhomes are very expensive and look tiny and very clean up against them i've been there i know exactly what you mean adrian i i think trying to claim money back from fiat I think you're probably on a hiding to nothing. You could try if you can get hold of them. Uh, that's going to be the first challenge and speak to someone with authority that's going to refund you. I think that you're on a loser there. In terms of continuing to use it, I think your best solution probably is get an independent auto electrician out. You haven't said what the problem is, but I think if you get an auto electrician out and they can fix it, it probably isn't going to cost a fortune to repair. You haven't said, I don't know, but it means you can use it again. And surely that's more important than fretting and and beating yourself up over where you take it to get it repaired personally for me i understand your position about the commercial fiat dealership i understand your position and view on the dealer for the motorhome side being so far away i would probably just get an auto electrician out agree with them a price to get it fixed and see where you go there you go, Adrian. I hope that's been some help. And let us know when you get everything sorted, please. How do people get in touch then, Matt? Yep, absolutely on the website. You'll find us there, motorhomematt.co.uk. Type forward slash ask Matt. You can record a question or make a contribution. And please tell us where you are in the country when you're doing so. Or you can fill in the form and submit your question there. You'll also find us on YouTube. We've got some lovely long content on YouTube, a whole range of different videos to watch. And we're on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok too. TikTok too, and please <laughs> share the love with a friend of the Motorhome Matt podcast. And if people listen on Apple and Spotify, please leave us a review. On Apple and Spotify, you can leave us a five-star review. Really helps populate the podcast into other people's podcasts feeds. So we would be very grateful if you could help us by doing that. 
thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com.